Okay, back here in studio with uh, Senator Lisa Murkowski. How you doing? Hey, it's good. We are eight days and counting. I'm doing fine with every day. And we're recording today. It's Halloween, actually. And it is. I kind of remarked you didn't have a costume, but you actually do have something no, more than no, me. No, I I do not let a Halloween go by without putting on my son Nick's commemorative first grade clay pumpkin hand-beaded necklace. Oh, he wasn't much of an artist then. He's not much of one now at 31, but I wear it with pride as a mom because all moms should wear their kids' handmade jewelry. And well, so, happy Halloween. It's definitely a pumpkin. It is you truly a pumpkin. a pumpkin. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. And look at the beadwork. It's quite stunning, um, kind of. Now, I want to ask you something that's kind of against my self-interest, but whenever I do a podcast with you or interview or video, inevitably, every time... CNN or The Hill or Politico, they, they pick it up. <laughs> and then I was in D.C. This should be in vogue then. I mean, surely this necklace is classic. That, probably get some good money for that, too. There you know? go. No, it's, it's you not. Sell it, though. It is. There's no, there's no price that I could put on this. But whenever I interview you, every time it gets picked up by one of these national outlets, and then somebody contacted me uh, a while back, and they said, how do I, how do I get her? How do, how do I, <laughs> I said, I don't know. Talk to her press people, you know? But but apparently you don't do a lot of national, like, I meet don't. the press or... No. Um, My, why not, though? Because you're one of, the, like, the focal points in the Senate. You know, I, I don't want to be on radio on tv just to see my face or hear myself what what i what's important to me is how i can um how i can hear from alaskans and they can hear from me so you know this morning i was on kdlg radio in dillingham tomorrow i'm on kyuk uh radio in bethel um i'm on the radio in glen allen when I'm moving through there, I'm on your podcast. I'm talking to Alaskans. We got so. a message from somebody today. That I think Lisa Murkowski is on the airplane from Dillingham. I, I, I think it's her. <laughs> I said, yeah, it probably is. <laughs> it <laughs> was. It was. We made it. We made it. I was in Togiak and New Stu yesterday, uh, Dillingham this morning, Bethel tomorrow. We're just on the road. But I guess, I mean, there's a handful of people, you, Susan Collins, Mitt Romney, that are, that are you know, your votes matter a lot. And Susan Collins is... Around you know on the national mm-hmm. scene, um, mm-hmm. maybe Mitt Romney not as much, but I just guess for for the for the national audience, you know, for the public, they they all you know probably want to hear from from you a lot I'm, on a lot of these big issues that are, and, that are crucial. Yeah, and I I, I get that, but um, I've never wa- been one that just kind of stands up to to hear myself talk. I work for a lot of people that really like that political limelight. They want to be in every single news cycle. And if I've got something to say and share with Alaskans, then I'm not afraid to speak up. I think people know that. But I'm not one that's going to claw my way to the front of the the, the scrum to make sure that the press is covering me on CNN or Fox. There's that picture. I don't know what it was, maybe the impeachment, but there was that picture of you and there was like, I don't know, 30 reporters or something. It was in a little subway. It was awful. Awful. I forget what that, the issue was, but it was, I, you couldn't I, even, yeah. you couldn't even move. It was impeachment. It was Kavanaugh. There were all, there's been these periods where it's like, you've got a, uh, you've got a scrum of, of 40 reporters around you and so close, you know, they all have their phones up to you because they're recording you. Get a little closer to the mic. And, and, 
one time I was walking up the stairs to go to a vote and, and people were just, just packed in tight, like suffocatingly tight. And somebody steps on the back of my shoe and my shoe comes off and I fall forward and the whole crowd moves forward. And I'm like, I just said, stop. Everybody stop. Somebody, somebody's going to get hurt. Everybody just give one another a little bit of space here. And boy, uh, that got everybody's attention because it was like, yeah, this was kind of just a little bit too mm-hmm. much. So you don't need to have that. But, but, but again, you know, is it is it nice to get? Um, believe me, I have more than my fair share of invitations to go on the Sunday morning shows. Um, I don't know if you'll recall the one that I was on with Joe Manchin um, a few months ago, and. Uh, Oh yeah, I think I saw that. What, what show was? What oh, program was it, that? it was CNN. It was um, uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Um, Jake Tapper. Or? It was Jake Tapper. Yeah, I, thank I, you. I saw that. Yeah. It, thank you. And it was funny because Manchin um, apparently uh, likes to go on Jake Tapper, and he says, "Lisa, you need you need to go on with me." I'm like, "Joe, I don't need to be on these shows." And he says, "We're going to talk about bipartisanship." And I said, "Okay, you, I'm I am signed up for that." Mm-hmm. Because I don't have any interest in just kind of being on the, you know, what bad snotty things do you want to say about about the administration today? I, I, I don't, that's not, that's not constructive for me. But if you want to talk about something like how we're going to get some things done, sign me up. Yeah, when he was here for the um, Arctic deal mm-hmm. a, few, a few months back, you guys oh, yeah. came, we did a little yeah. interview and Kale filmed good. it. I, that got a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of. That was a uh, great, attention. great discussion. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. I still got to follow up. He promised me some moonshine. Do you remember? He promised. Oh, he, I got to follow yeah. up with him. Yeah, on well, he, make, he, he doesn't make his own, apparently. He has a guy that... He's uh, got a guy. Buddy. He's got a guy. If you see him again, tell him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't forget about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to ask you about these. There's several races. There's this uh, Herschel Walker, Raphael yeah. Warnock in Georgia. There's yeah. the Fetterman Oz in Pennsylvania. There's this uh, one in Nevada. There's a couple in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, depending who you ask, it seems like... To go either way, it's 50-50 right now in the right. Senate, but it kind of seems to me like very likely the Republicans are going to pick up one or two seats, which would mean, you know, they're back in charge in the right. Senate. What do, you, what do you think about I know it's going to come down to a handful of, you know, four or five races. Yeah, you know, I think we've all been um, kind of watching on a daily basis where things seem to go. I think the races that you've identified are the ones that we're all watching, Nevada, uh, certainly Georgia, Pennsylvania. Um, it sounds like Arizona may be shifting a little bit. Wisconsin is is mm-hmm. kind of nip and tuck. And so... I see Obama's been going around the... Yeah. Uh, Wisconsin. He was in the, the Michigan. He's been going around yeah. giving the yeah. big speeches. Bringing out the big guns. Bringing out the big guns. Well, you know, it's that time of year. Um, it makes me wonder, you know, are people really... Do they really pay attention to that? Maybe. Um must be, otherwise they wouldn't be making these trips. But I, I, I think you're right. You know, if you were to ask me uh, a month ago, I would have said, you know, the, the odds of uh, yet another 50-50 Senate are pretty good. Um, everything that I can sense right now and the conversations that I've been part of are that things seem to be shifting a little bit in the Republicans' favor. So uh, the likelihood of a Republican um, Senate seems to be getting better every day, which I think is good, obviously, coming from the Republican perspective. Um, I don't think it's going to be by a lot, Mm -hmm. um, which, again, puts it in a closely divided Senate, which means that if it's closely divided, 
um, even if the Republicans have the majority, you, you still have to figure out how you work to build things, not just within your own party, but how you work to build initiatives. And again, keep in mind, you're still going to have uh, Biden in the White House for another couple yeah. of years. So how divided government works, if you've got the House and the Senate and Republican hands and, and a Democrat in the White House, we can, we can have one of two things happen. We can either have the, the Congress kind of throwing the, the hand grenades at the White House and the White House throwing them back at us and nothing getting done for two years, or we can figure out how we work in divided government to identify a few key things that are going to benefit everybody. Well, I mean, that backfired in the 90s when, when Newt Gingrich and them wanted to shut it down, and they were going to think people would have blamed Clinton, but it backfired. And then, right. you know, they blamed, and the Republicans ended up losing the next That's exactly round. Right. So, exactly right. So you got it. This is this is kind of one of those one of those landmines. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> to use I, your phrase, you yeah, you yeah. Um, that that we, we can either work to 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 gain positive advantage and actually get some things done, um, or just kind of mark time while we fight one another, I, which I, I don't I, think is productive. I think if this election would have been in June, Democrats would have just you know dominated because of this row thing but now i think people have i don't know if they moved on but they've they've they're more concerned with inflation and cost of living and even the economy a little bit mm-hmm. and interest rates and you know i think mortgage rates just at seven yeah. percent which is yeah i mean they were two three right. for a long time this is and, like worse than 20 plus years yeah so i i think folk i think a lot of people have shifted to being very concerned with the ruby wade and some people still are but now they're more concerned with you know, how do I buy a house? How do I, how do I get, you know, a paycheck that's not going to be worth the same amount now, but it's actually worth 10% or 20% less from a year ago. I think you're right. People are really looking at, at inflation, the economy, what that means to them, quality of life, life, workforce, housing. Um, and, and those are kind of the, the bread and butter topics that are, are on, on people's minds as they're entering this election. Uh, I, I do think it's also a reminder to us as to how quickly the political sands shift as we see issues change mm-hmm. and, and what that brings to the table when people are making their decisions on voting day. Because just even the intensity of issues from, what was it, the third week in, in August for our primaries here versus where we are Today, on the 31st I mean, totally of October, already, I, very, very different. You're so right. A year ago, I think myself and everybody pretty much assumed the Republicans were going to have a big, just kind of massive landslide victory. Yep. Uh, and then this Roe v. Wade thing happens, and then it's shifted. And everybody yep. thought, oh, my God, the Democrats are now going to... We saw what happened in Iowa. Mm-hmm. That, that, that referendum failed 60, 40%, you know, got 60%. Kansas. Oh, sorry, Kansas. Yeah. Like 60, it was a huge you know, yeah. Republican state. So... Then, then everybody started saying, well, now the Democrats have the upper hand, but now it's gone back right. to this economy and inflation. Right. And now it seems like the Republicans now again have, I mean, I, I think very, most observers kind of agree that Republicans are probably going to take over the both House and both Senate. Houses. I think, I think right now, I mean, certainly on the House side, people were saying, oh, we got that a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But what has been more interesting of late has been what's what's going on with these House races. So I think it's it's fair to say that Things are still very, very close in, in just exactly these four or five states that we've been talking about. Um, but I think the momentum, the wind right now is is with 
uh, Republicans when you're talking about the economy. So in your race, there's four, but really three, yeah, because really this three. other guy, Buzz Kelly, who, 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 it's pretty obvious that he got those votes because Kelly Chewbacca was saying I think Kelly, it was pretty obvious. Or, I mean, there's no other explanation. This yeah. guy wasn't even on my radar. There yeah. was, I think, 18 or 19 people or maybe 20 people in the primary and we 19, were all thinking yeah. about this Shoshana Gungerstein, this uh-huh. Hollywood person, uh-huh. you know, and uh-huh. a few other ones that we were kind of, um, who was one of the other ones we were looking at? There was another name on there that was maybe we were thinking. Was oh, be the... uh, it was, he was a libertarian, I think. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah. We, we get the results coming. We're doing our show yeah. and we're looking at some of these. We got some tapes and we're like, who the hell is Buzz Kelly? Like, who <laughs> is this? You know, and but anyways, he ended up kind of dropping, but he's still on the ballot. But he kind of, you know, very few. I think he got like less than maybe 2% of the vote, yeah, yeah. but it's really you, Chewbacca, and then Pat Chesbro, mm-hmm. who got, I was surprised how, how few votes she got in the primary. She, she got a little around, well, a little seven, over six, I seven, think. Yeah, six, seven yeah, percent. Yeah, and she hasn't raised, I mean, she's, most legislative candidates in the Democratic side have raised more than her, so she's raised very little, tens of thousands, and you and, you've raised, I think, you know, 10 million, and Chewbacca's at but five million. But to mil- her credit, I, I will give, I would give Pat Chesbro this. She has, she has shown up at, at the forums. She has engaged. Um, you're, you're correct. She hasn't raised money, um, but I think she has been out there in the public forum um, providing her ideas to, to the electorate, and, and I, I, I have respect and admiration for that. It's not easy getting on the, well, the debate for the state and or, or going to Comfish and Kodiak and, and talking about fisheries issues when this is not your 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 area of expertise. I you know Kelly Kelly decided that she needed to go fundraise in, in Texas and, and Pat Towards the Cowboys game. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> we saw but, the picture. But Pat Pat shows up and you know she was honest. She says, you know, I don't I don't really know a lot about fishing, but I'm willing to learn and I I appreciate it. Well, for her, it's even kind of a, a you know a double whammy because she hasn't raised much money. Now all the attention is going to Mary Peltola for the Democrats. Right. I mean, she's right. kind of their new superstar, really. <clears throat> right. And um, that's it's interesting because there's going to be your race, the governor's race, and then the House race, which are all going to have a ranked choice element. Where a lot of these legislative races only have two people or three mm-hmm. people, and they're going to be decided you know on, on election night, but. Um, I guess it's you, your opponent's really Kelly Chewbacca here, but you're going to have this Buzz Kelly guy get a few votes and right. they're going to get, re, you know, recycled. And then Chesbro's votes are going to next be recycled. So I guess, what are you expecting um, to happen here with, with this ranked choice element in a race? In the past, you've always had the kind of prime, you know, regular primary and then general. Well, I, th- I think for my race, I'm, I'm certainly, I'm certainly, um, uh, feeling optimistic now, but not taking anything for granted that uh, our numbers are going to be strong. Um, I'm getting the mail. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope you're getting the mail. I hope you're getting the message. I'm getting the mail. Um, what Alaskans wants want are, are are results, and I've been able to deliver that. Uh, I've had really good positive feedback ar- around the state. Um, I think our results in the primary were really quite telling. You know, it's usually in the primary where the most conservative of the candidates is is probably going to have their their strongest showing, and and so uh, I'm I'm feeling good with where we are. But again, I you were at forty almost forty six, right? Uh huh. Uh-huh. And yeah. see, I, I think I think Mary might win on the she could maybe win on the first round. I think you're probably going to get to f- high forties. That's kind of what I was looking at some polling, and it, it seems like you yeah. might be at the high forties on Mary, the first round. On the first yeah. round, and yeah. then. 
you could maybe on this, you know, depending how the allocation goes, it could be, but it, it's really frustrating for, for, I think you and for everybody, um, this two week wait after, and I understand it cause you want to get the votes in yeah. the absentees, but yeah. it's really just two weeks to well, limbo. What, what is different now is it's two weeks before you can get to the sort before, I mean, in every other election prior to this, We've, we've never had certification until a full two weeks afterwards because we've always allowed for the, the um, absentees to come in and the, the out-of-town or, you know, out-of-the-region uh, votes. Uh, we've always allowed for two but, weeks but for they, the military. But they would update the, the results yeah. as they came in. As, and, and, as they would. Unless it was really, really, really close. Right, right. Pretty much... You pretty More much knew. you pretty much knew there were very there was some we've got some pretty historic races in Alaska where remember uh, uh, Bryce Edgman won by a coin toss with Carl Moses twenty eighteen Bart Laban Bart Laban one one vote yeah 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 so I mean we've got some history in Alaska where you see that one vote really can make the difference and so those are ones hanging in the balance and it's always very interesting and what's going to happen and what's going to happen with the is there going to be a coalition in the in the state legislature um, when you have uh, races that are that close? So uh, I think you're right. There will be this this gap. I think I think for us in Alaska, we're, we're going to be okay with that. What I worry about is with all of this um, this stress about the the integrity of elections and all that has been made of rigged elections. Um, right now we're seeing in Brazil, Lula won by. Oh, I saw it. that. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, I think that Bolsonaro guy is going to say no. I won, yeah. and it yeah. could be this is, could be a preview for. I want to ask you about this. If you know, if, if you win and the Republicans take over, uh, I think we all kind of. If Trump runs, he's going to get the nomination. I don't think there's any kind of way about it. What you know? What I'm what could not it, so sure. Really, I mean, DeSantis may be the only one that could. You know, I don't know. There's there. Uh, my focus right now has been on on my race, and I've, I've, presidential politics is is uh, is a ways away for me. Um, but but even even with the the Trump support, what I'm hearing from people is, I'm tired of Biden, and I'm tired of Trump. Can we can we have a fresh page with our with our presidential elections? Do we really have to do a redo? Of, of 2020. I've said before, 30, 330 million people, it's Trump, Clinton, or Trump, by, you know, it's like 330 million people in this bush, right? We right. have all these right. names, same right. names. Can we get somebody new? It'll, yeah. it'll, well, it'll be interesting what happens in 2020. I think that could be a real kind of big moment for this but, country. But, you know, Jeff, just, just like we were talking about how, how just in a matter of months, the things that people have really been focused on has shifted. You know, when you think about Think about presidential politics and who's riding high and who's not so much. I, I, I can remember when um, going into the lead-in in, in, in twenty twenty, everyone was watching my colleague Marco Rubio. He was going to be that bright star that was going to make things happen. And you know, you had a crowded field. Obviously, it's different now because Trump has, in so many ways, just kind of sucked the oxygen out of the room when it comes to to. Uh, to the discussion about Republican candidates. But um, I think, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that we should assume um, that he gets the nomination. I just, he's just got such a wrecking ball. To, you know, we saw what happened in 16. It was just every one, you know, one after the other. And I guess anything's possible. But what I was going to say is if he, if he does get it, 
if we have, you know, we'll see what happens in Brazil, but what, you know, what, what could happen where you have people saying we don't believe in the results and we've already saw that in, you know, last time and that got yeah. January 6th. So, yeah. well, this is, this is a dangerous place for our country when, when, when the electorate stops believing in the integrity of the mm-hmm. electoral process. Yeah, that's a big problem. You know, we, we, we've all, we've all read it and seen it and believed it. You can only govern with the consent of the governed. And so if, if you don't feel that the, the, those that are in, in uh, elected office were there uh, honestly and fairly, you're going to disregard them. You know, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to act differently. You're going to respond differently. Um, that's, that's not what America is all about. We've been kind of built on this, this precept that we're going to have that, that right to vote. We're going to express ourselves and, and we have peaceful transfers of power, right? That have happened all the way up until almost not on January 6th. When I was a kid, my dad, you know, pretty conservative and wasn't a Clinton fan at all. But I remember after Clinton won and I think it was 90, I was pretty young, but my dad was very unhappy and he said, well, you know, we got to get him next time. Got to get him next time. Like that was it. Exactly. Accepted it. And that was how it. Exactly. And And it's when we fight it, even after the election is done, even after the courts have ruled, multiple, multiple courts have ruled that the elections, that the integrity of the elections was solid that every, any legal challenge was closed out, that the fact that we are still litigating this, that one of the questions for us as oh, candidates yeah. Yeah. In, the, in the daily news poll, there were 11 or 12 questions. You know, one of the questions was, do you believe that, uh, that Biden um, is, our, is our duly elected president? That that... That is a question for us. Even saying it, it sounds nuts. It, you know? it, <laughs> Just even it, asking it. But what, it's the reality of where you know, things are. It's the reality are. of where we are, but it's a dangerous place for us to be. Because to your dad's point, I didn't, I didn't want Biden to be president. I, I didn't want him to be president. But when he is elected, and then we have to, we have to deal with it. We live through the administration. From my perspective, i got to figure out, okay, you can, you can figure out how you keep damage from happening to a state like Alaska, with you know, good resource-producing state in an administration that has a different view. So I got to figure out how I, how I can make sure that, that we don't get pushed back five steps. We might get pushed back two steps. We're not going to mm-hmm. get pushed back and fall on our, on our derriere here. Let's, let's figure out how we stand up and how we work with an administration that we don't necessarily see eye to eye with. And it means, means sometimes you, you fight real hard, but it means other times you say, let's, let's make this incremental gain here. And, and you, work, you work through that. Because we can't hold our breath for four years with an administration that just sees differently and, and hope that we don't get nailed too bad. That's not, that's not mm. healthy for our state. So, you know, we don't get to pick everybody that we work with, right? I mean, you see that in Juneau. You go down to Juneau, you've got half the guys and half the men and women in the room that are like, they, if they had their druthers, they would not be, be working with the people that are there. Yeah, they'd be far away from those but people. But that's, 
that's where you are. That's what we have to work with. So figure out how we're going to be working together to make something happen for, for the good of the whole. And when, when it doesn't work for your district, when it doesn't work for, for uh, the, you know, the principles that you stand for, then you push back, you fight, you stand up, you don't, you don't compromise, cave in. But it's not like you can say, I want Jeff out of here because I just don't like working with him. Until, until you're replaced, we got to figure out how we're going to, yeah. how are you going to make it work? Um, I know you got to run. I just got one more. It's, it's a kind of a, not a quick question, uh-huh. but um, the gas line Senator Sullivan was just in Japan. Right. And I take all this stuff with a grain of salt because I mean, going back to your dad, when he was governor and Palin and Parnell, Walker, everybody's got a gas line announcement and it's before the election. But the, the one difference now is, is this Russia Ukraine thing and the mm-hmm. gas in Europe and you know, what, what Asia, Japan and Korea might be doing. Um, I mean, are we, at a real maybe moment to get this thing going, or is it just another more election type announcement from? I, I I have always said there is a there is a window of opportunity for Alaska's resources. Um, I happen to believe that that window is is open for longer periods because we have such extraordinary resources that doesn't go away. Timing on all of this is 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 the real interesting part. Um, Certainly, we are looking at Alaskan opportunities at this moment, um, but we also have to recognize that we've got to be, we've always had to be competitive globally, not just, not just uh, uh, here in Alaska, not just here in this country. And so how we are able to work to reduce our, our, our cost so that we can be attractive in that global market um, has always been the challenge. I, I think... I think that the administration um, is absolutely spot on in, in going to Asia and talking to our partners in Japan and Korea. This has always been where our market will be. Well, when Rahm Emanuel, you know, the ambassador of Japan, tweets out, we're here, this we're could here. be a bit, you know, I'm yeah. thinking like, wow, that's interesting. You wouldn't maybe it have expected that a year ago. You you would not have. I think they've they've kind of viewed things a little bit differently in light of, of the... Uh, uh, the war in Ukraine in light of what uh, Russia is, has done and is doing. Um, but again, I think, I think they need to recognize that it's, it's not just Alaska's gas. It's also Alaska's opportunity to produce our oil. So don't try to make nice with us on the gas side and close out our opportunities on Willow. That <laughs> Open one we, door and close well, it. Well, yeah. we've got, we can get... We can get moving with Willow. We can fill up that Trans-Alaska pipeline relatively, relatively quickly and efficiently with what Willow has to offer, what PICA has to offer. We can get that pipeline filled up. Gas line is very real, but it's also, it's also a different project altogether. Mm-hmm. We've got to build that. We've got a pipeline right now that is in place, needs more oil, has capacity. So administration, work with us on both. Last thing I'll say is I just hope one day the gas line happens because I've read so many books and accounts of what happened in the 70s. And I just, I want to go through that, okay? A lot of money, a lot of fun, a lot of, you know, opportunity. It it, it sounds like it would be a really, you know. know, I I was growing up, I was in, in high school in Fairbanks. 
um, in the days of the pipeline boom when they were when they were just when they were building things and it was Fairbanks was a boom town. It was hot and it was happening. Um, I did my my law school third year paper, basically a, a thesis on the the antitrust implications of an all Alaska gas line. And and I think about how long ago law school was for me. And, and to know we're still talking about, still dreaming about that gas line. So I'm with you. I would, I would love to, uh, to see the opportunity for Alaska to, to be able to share, uh, share the gas that we have with our, with our partners. Well, I know you got to go, Senator Murkowski, but thanks for coming. I love when you come on the, the show. I, I always, like I said, it always gets picked up. It's a great conversation. Yeah, I don't know. You let me know who's calling you to find out, uh, uh, you know, more skinny on yeah, they, what they, we they want your about. number. I don't have your number. <laughs> <laughs> Call the office. Talk to me. I'm not the, I'm you're not my the pipe. Keeper. You're yeah. my pipeline here. The Lisa pipeline. Thanks, Jeff. Well, thanks I lots appreciate of Best of luck to you. I know it's uh, we're coming up here. What did we say? Eight days. Eight days. So, eight days. And we're doing our election show again. And hopefully oh, good. We'll send you some information if you want to come on again. That'd be great. We're yeah. doing our live show. We got Mark Begich, one of our uh, co-hosts. Sharice uh-huh. Millet again. Ivan Moore. Good. So we're gonna have a big show. It'll be a good group. It'll be fun. So thanks again. Good political chatter. Oh yeah. yeah All right. We try to do. Thanks again, Senator McCaskill, for coming in. Folks, if you have an idea for a podcaster, want to do a podcast, get hold of me and stay tuned for the next one. Landline.